0: Hi everyone, welcome to Luxury Voices, the podcast about the luxury world in Asia with a focus on the greater China market. I am Joanne Tang, your host, founder and CEO of Infinite Luxury Group. In this podcast, we converse about all layers and segments of luxury, from lifestyle, travel, to hospitality trends. I will interview key players of the luxury industry from all corners of the globe. We will talk about their initiatives and experiences in conquering the Asian luxury consumer. Discover how leading luxury executives handle this growing market, where luxury spending is the highest in the world, and gain a wealth of knowledge to harness this ever-promising luxury market. Our luxury voice today is André Cheminade, general manager of Hôtel de Horloger in Brassus, located in the Vallée de Joux in Switzerland's renowned region of luxury watchmaking. André is Franco-Argentinian, a real polyglot, who has held positions in far-flung places like Argentinian Patagonia, multiple locations in Spain, Russia, and he has now settled in Switzerland a few years. Now at the helm of the newly opened Hôtel de Horlogers, a project by luxury watchmaker Audemars Piguet. Hôtel de Horlogers was designed by B.I.G., Bjarke Ingels Group, who has signed the Musée Atelier Audemars Piguet situated a few steps away from the hotel. The building avant-garde architecture follows the Vallée de Joux topography thanks to its futuristic zigzagging façade. The hotel has been built with the utmost respect to nature, incorporating the highest standards of sustainability, without compromising any of the comfort or guest experiences expected at that level of luxury. André, it's a great pleasure to have you here on Luxury Voices. Before we start the core of our conversation, what does the word luxury mean to you, André?
1: First of all, thank you for inviting me, Joanne. It's an honor to be one of your speakers on your podcast. To answer your question, I may ask one question myself. Haven't we used the word luxury at some point to describe a situation that money cannot buy? For us, having the chance to experience unique moments in company of unique people, making time for yourself and for the things that matter, that is luxury nowadays. And this is what we offer at Hôtel des Horlogers.
0: Great, thank you for sharing. As I was mentioning in the introduction, you're Franco-Argentinian, you're a polyglot, and obviously a very experienced hotelier. First, how many languages do you speak?
1: I always say I speak seven languages, but none of them well. So, you will find me mixing all of them and having strange results.
0: And which languages do you speak exactly, André?
1: My mother tongues are French, English and Spanish. I later learned Italian, German, then Portuguese, Russian, and I believe that's it. I lived during one year and a half in Russia. And opening a hotel there taught me how to learn all the construction words in Russian. It was very interesting.
0: Wow, I think nobody can beat you. You know, I know five languages. And when I share that with people, people are pretty amazed. But I don't think anyone can beat you with seven languages.
1: Oh, I'm sure (laughs) that you speak five better than me, the seven.
0: (laughs) Can you tell us what is your story and how, with your international background, you landed in La Brassus in the Swiss Jura?
1: The first time I worked in a hotel, I was 15 years old. It was like a discovery stage in Argentina. (laughs) So I went to a five-star hotel and I worked as a bellboy. And during one month, you had the chance of discovering what the work of a bellboy is and what the world of tourism and hotels means. So after that month, my father called me into his office and he showed me a bunch of papers sitting on the desk. And he said, do you know what this is? And I said, yes, those look like guest comments. <laughs> the general manager of the hotel sent me all these comments. These are people talking about you and saying that wow. they will come back because of what you did. and he wanted to know what I had done. And I said, <laughs> I just welcome them the way you welcome people home. And since then, I have been working in hotels in Spain, in Russia, and in Switzerland. And how I landed in the Valais of Jour, it was thanks to my previous bosses who recommended me for this job position. And when they were searching for a general manager, I somehow responded to their expectations because I had the opening experience. I knew the Swiss market, but also I had worked with all the international incoming tourism that Switzerland usually receives. And this helped me be chosen at the end of the list of all the interviews we had. So this is long story short,
0: I see. Your father must be very proud of you. I hope, I believe he Congratulations is. on the hotel opening.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Your official opening was at the beginning of June. It is always a very gratifying moment for the team to open the doors and welcome your first guest. Look back at the last three months leading to this opening. How did you prepare the team for a successful opening? Oh,
1: thank you very much, Juan. Yes, we had this amazing opening on the 2nd of June, and we are thrilled that we can already welcome guests from all over the world here to show them the treasures, the hidden treasures of the Vallée de Joux, which is a small valley. It's a regional park that is protected and is full of know-how. When it comes to watchmaking, when it comes to the first ice cubes were used as in the film Frozen to refrigerate wow. the food in Paris. It was sent from all the way from here. There's a lot of stories to tell in the Vallée Joux. So to train and to prepare our team this last three months before the opening, we had a lot of training to do. There were so many things to talk about. The local producers, the local distilleries and it's very funny because you can find whiskey or you can find gin or you can find vodka that is done here in the region and people don't know about it and then you have all the local cheeses there's a lot of restaurants in the middle of the surrounding mountains and together with the tourism bureau we have visited all these places and we have to say we have a big heritage of watchmaking that is exported throughout the world, and this is where we trained our team so that they could become natural welcomers in the Valet-Joux, and although they might not be from here, they can share the treasures of the Valet-Joux with the visiting people.
0: Wow, sounds like a lot of lovely stories and hidden gems and treasures in the valley, Is the hotel fully operational today?
1: Yes, we have 50 rooms, we have a bar, two restaurants, and the meeting spaces as well as a spa, all of them operational.
0: Great. The hotel was under construction for four years, including the last two years under pandemic. How did the pandemic affect the progress of the hotel construction schedule?
1: Since the day I was joining the team in to open the hotel, that was last April, we already knew that we were going to open the hotel at we would start our soft opening in April, and this was mm-hmm. achieved. But we have to say that it was very difficult because many components were not available. So we had to pay sometimes up to 30% more for a specific products that were no longer available in the market so we had to choose a more expensive version of them that Uh were available and it was more like you, you had to have a plan B and a plan C because when we were not delivered the chairs we had to borrow them from the same manufacturer and this is how we managed together with the suppliers we found solutions to all we needed. But it was not an easy challenge. It was quite a demanding one.
0: Your hotel is rooted in history starting 1857, when it was built. It has pretty much remained one or very few hotels in the Valley de Joux, and visited mostly by restricted circle of the valley's watchmakers network. The aching original hotel was demolished and was reborn in the astonishing design that you have now. What did the original one mean for the region? And what is the mission of the new one for the area, André?
1: You're right, John. The original hotel built in 1857 was a place where all the watchmakers would meet. This is because at the hotel is where the watchmakers would drop off their packages with the watches inside that they Mm -hmm. had constructed during the winter. So the packages would be dropped here and taken with carriages all the way to Geneva where they were sold. Once the watchmaker had dropped off the work of all the winter or all the year, he would have a glass of wine with one of his Uh colleagues. And this is when they would start sharing all their passion about watchmaking. What did you do this year? I have some spare rubies. Do you want them? And this kind of conversations were the normal... Chit chat of Hotel des Horlogers back then. So, when the watchmakers saw the building already completely renovated in 1984, they were already a little bit heartbroken at that time. But it did not surprise anybody when Bjarke Ingels Group was mandated to build the new Hotel des Horlogers. So, the Hotel being all modern in style, it still had not only the approval, but mainly the support of the local community because they participated. They came to the hotel before the hotel was opened. And to answer your question, what is the mission of the new hotel? It is to keep being the melting pot for the watch lovers and to share with all the visitors, the know-how of the Vallée de Joux. This would be, in two words, our goal.
0: Thank you. A very nice story. I was trying to imagine back uh, 1857, when all those watchmakers were having a glass of wine and gathered together. A very nice story. And I like uh, how you describe it in your mission. It's uh, still remaining that melting pot of watchmakers. Yes.
1: It is, thanks, not only for watchmakers, watch lovers and, why not, nature lovers, because we are surrounded by this nature that is a privilege.
0: That's right. The Valley de Joux is famous for its luxury watchmakers. However, it's not yet a tourist destination, per se. With two restaurants, a spa and 50 rooms to fill, what activities are available to entice guests to visit and stay for a few days? Very
1: interesting. You're right, the Vallée de Joux is not yet an international tourist destination per se, but it's very well known by the Swiss, and the Swiss often come here not only for the watches. Since we opened on the 2nd of June, we received visits from architects that come all the way to the Vallée de Joux because this is a place where they will find two buildings. One who was awarded the best. Architecture Award from in January 2021. That is the Museum Atelier Audemars Piguet next to us. And the other Mm. one is this hotel. So I have already welcomed people coming from Barcelona, young architecture students that they learned about this hotel and they came, they visited the exterior of the museum. They didn't care about watches, they cared about the building. On the other (laughs) hand, have uh, food lovers. It's amazing the impact that Emmanuel Renault, our three Michelin star chef and meilleur ouvrier de France, which is he's part of the jury who chooses the best chef awards, he is overlooking all our menus. We met with him and all the local producers. So there have been people coming to the hotel only because of the food. They want to have the the gastronomic experience of visiting the hotel as well. And I would say that nature around us is often people don't take that much into account. The fact that the manufacturers of watches are very small houses. People Mm -hmm. imagine big factories, and this is not the case. These are very small. Most of them still work in farms, in original Houses that were originally small in size and still grew around this house. So what is interesting to see is that the valley does not have any chimneys and does not have any big tall buildings. (laughs) It's a lot of nature. So we have the Rizu Forest, which is very big, and there's plenty of activities to do here. The day before yesterday, I welcomed a guest for the second time in one month. And I said to him, oh, you're wow. already back. And I said, wow, <laughs> I happened to be at the reception when he was checking in. And I said, you're already back. And he said, yes, I needed to dis- disconnect once more. So the nature we have around us offers a lot of activities, storytellings. We have e-bikes. You can go hiking. You can go on the lake, sailing. You have paddle boards. There's plenty of sports activities all year long during the winter. You can put on your skis at the hotel and right in front of the hotel, you have a big trail of several kilometres, almost 100 kilometres of Nordic ski. And then if you walk away from the hotel around 150 metres, this is where you can take your first mechanical lift for alpine skiing. So we are not a big resort like you will find closer to the French Alps or closer to Zermatt but we still mm-hmm. have a lot of activities during the winter the lake freezes and you can go skating on the lake you can go fishing with a, like eskimos digging a hole on the lake <laughs> and there's plenty of activities we have already welcomed many small groups that are willing to visit to watch museums. There's not only Odemar Piguet, there are others as well. And we have a personalized welcome from for each one of these guests according to what they like of the area. So it can be sports lovers, nature lovers, watch lovers, food lovers, architecture lovers. All these have their own personalized welcome.
0: Wow, it seems like there is uh, something for anyone and great to hear that there are so many different activities and experiences in the different seasons. You already mentioned quite a lot of different activities. Uh, you said to visit the forest, e-bikes, ski slopes, skating, ice fishing. What activities are not to be missed or are so unique to your area, to your opinion?
1: You definitely need to take the time to go to the woods. There is most of the instruments mm-hmm. were done with the trees from these woods. Violins, cellos, guitars, most of them come from these woods. Really? And oh. you can go on a visit where you can learn how the luthier would choose the woods with which they would build their instruments. It's something amazing. And when you are there in the middle of the forest and you can see both. The tree and you can hear the violin that comes out as a result of that tree and there's no noise you're calm and there's this beautiful and very big woods you need to be careful you you can get lost in the forest this is why there's plenty of indications we also have a lot of wood cabins they are free it means Mm -hmm. when you come here you can take a backpack and walk during a whole day, stop in these log cabins, and there you would have everything to cook. You would have wood, you have matches, you would have the cabin where you can find refuge in winter when it's snowing, and then you can keep walking. They were built a long time ago for all the people who would work in the woods. And today there are about 300 cabins, So uh, we often take our guests on a tour. We can go with rackets walking in the middle of the snow and suddenly in the most (laughs) unexpected corner, we have placed food and beverages and people find themselves with a cabin in the middle of nowhere and they're quite surprised.
0: Yes, it sounds beautiful how you describe the forests, the woods. And as well, very interesting, those uh, log cabins that you describe. So anyone, when they are hiking or walking, they can pass by one of them and use them. Wow.
1: Yes, it's first arrived, first served, and they're free.
0: Nice. Thank you for sharing. Let's touch on the design and the philosophy of the hotel. Can you please explain where its eye catching architecture comes from, especially in such a traditional and natural region?
1: Well, when the owner of the hotel, Odomar Piguet, asked Bjarke Ingels to integrate the building with its surrounding nature after the excellent result they had with the museum, he just inspired himself based on the existing landscape, which Mm -hmm. means there was a slope, and instead of building a tower, when you arrive on the street and at the reception level, you will see a very small building, but on the other side, on the side of the forest, you will see like steps, like, you know, a zigzag that follows the slope. This is what surprises people the most. Why? Mm. There are three things I would say that Bjarke achieved that are extraordinary. The first one, no one is sleeping on your head because instead of having a tower, all the rooms are integrated into the landscape and there's no room on top of the other, which makes the rooms really, really calm, no noise at all. We have people staying at the hotel saying, I don't want to go back my last night Uh to a hotel near the the airport. I would rather wake up really early here because I sleep better here. Why? (laughs) Because there's no noise at all. The second thing he achieved was that all 50 rooms look towards the valley and the forest, which is the best landscape. And away from the noise of the cars that go through the street, as in any hotel, In front of the door, you normally have some noise. So here we don't have that. And then the third thing he did, he created like, uh, imagine we take away the last layer of land. We put the building and then we put back the last layer of land on top of the building. It looks or it feels as if the hotel is a bit under the garden or under under nature, it's integrated with nature. And on each level of the hotel, you will find all the local plants and trees. And this way, when Bjarke Ingels created this, this zigzag, he also created four layers of corridors. Normally in a hotel, you would have a central corridor that is used for everything leading to the rooms. In our case, there's an exterior corridor where we can maintain all the garden. There's an interior corridor for the rooms. There's a separate layer for all the common areas. And finally, there's a fourth layer for all the service areas. Creating a very, very practical and fluid traffic within the hotel. It means when you are moving within the hotel as a guest, it makes sense. You're not, you're never lost. And it's easier for us as a team of the hotel to deliver the services needed by our guests without needing to cross paths when it's not needed.
0: It really sounds like the hotel is merged with uh, nature itself. And I guess because your guests are sleeping so well, within the same month, you already have your repeated guests. Everybody is uh, coming back.
1: We're lucky. A lot of guests are coming back because they can make time to connect with nature, to make time for themselves and for the things that matter.
0: That's right. Also, the hotel's approach towards its environmental impact seems to have been thought through from an early stage of the concept. Could you please explain to us how it was integrated in the project? Why is it so important for the hotel and how it translates in the guest experience?
1: Yes, of course. The hotel, as you say, from the very concept on a paper, it was already meant to be in harmony with the nature that is surrounding it. It later took shape when the label Minergie Eco, which is a very demanding Swiss label, to make a building eco-responsible was set in place. This means a list of things we can do and a list of things we cannot do. The hotel is A plus in consumption of energy. It means we produce energy. When it comes to all our waste, everything is treated. It's heated during the winter with the village heater, which is the lowest consuming energy to heat a hotel but it goes further on when it was built and it was decorated the sniffers were placed in each hotel room in each common area during 48 hours to filter the air and see what particles we would find in there and to achieve the label to be awarded the Minergie Eco certification we could not use any solvents we needed to use natural raw materials. And then, as an example, the glue of the carpet, 98% of the glues you would find in the market were not valid because they have solvents. So oh. we had to find a bio glue in order to be able to be certified Minergie Eco. There are only two hotels in the world certified Minergie Eco. One is the Chet Soron in Grand Montana, with 50 yes. rooms, and the other one is us, and this is very important because it's an approach that goes much farther than any other approach in a hotel when it comes to renovation, to eco-responsible tourism. And you ask, what is, how does this translate into the guest experience? When guests arrive, they will find all of the local products sourced lo- locally. It means we're not making travel with tons of bottles, nor for the beer, nor for the wine. The water we are using is the one from the River boissu which is excellent, we had it tested. And every bottle we serve, we have ionized, filtered, gasified, bottled and labeled it ourselves. And we donate 20 cents per bottle to the Jura Regional Park, which is to help nature being wow. taken care of. So it means that we also have our own vegetable garden with 380 square meters of vegetable gardens that we use on the in our restaurants. We have 15 charging positions for the cars. We have 15 e-bikes to visit the area. And then we also work with a zero paper policy, meaning that we don't have visit cards in paper. We use the NFC cards, which are very well accepted by everyone. Many companies have started using this option when they saw we gave them our visit cards, but not in a paper format. And then our menus are also on tablets. And we have a lot of information on the menus that we would not be able to give on paper. All our press is also on, uh, we can request printed press for our guests. We do. But what we offer at breakfast is an app that gives access to all the papers everywhere in the world, but not on paper. And then there are many Mm. more things, very simple things like, The pencils we use are, instead of of having ink used in the hotel, this is a pencil that is biodegradable. And at the end, it has seeds of thyme. So when you use your pencil, you plant it. And there's a capsule made of corn. It dissolves with water. And as soon as it rains, the seeds of thyme fall. And you're planting time, which brings us back Uh to... Logan, which is, we're making time.
0: Yes. Wow. Very impressive initiatives and very well thought through. I hope, you know, other hotels as well uh, take you as an example. And congratulations on the great environmental friendly achievements. Yes.
1: Thank you very much. Yes. we If we are going so far for a pencil, imagine what we would not do for our
0: guests. <laughs> That's right. That's right, André. Your guests will be inevitable be the international network of partners and clients of Audemars Piquet, the international teams as well. And the hotel has already become a destination of choice for corporate and VIP of other luxury watch manufacturers based in the region. What split do you expect between local and international guests for the hotel, André?
1: Right now, if we talk about room nights, Most of our customers come from abroad. And as you said, all the watchmakers are bringing their customers to the hotel. Why? Because there will be no logo of Audemars Piguet anywhere except at the library we have. We have a library with all the watchmakers' books and all the watchmakers are represented there even those who are not from the Vallée de Joux, like Rolex or like EWC. And the interesting thing is that they all embraced the project. They understood this. They know we have an independent database from Audemars Piguet, and they're bringing in groups of people. So these groups of people come from all over the world. If I have to answer what split I expect between local and international guests for the rooms, I would say that international guests will represent 70% of our occupancy. When it comes to the restaurants, we are already fully booked many days during the week. In fact, we need to keep tables for our hotel guests because the locals have embraced the project and they come on a regular basis. Today, we are exceeding by 70% the amount of covers we expected to do when we opened the hotel. And this is thanks to the local community. We have our French cuisine based on local products. But this means that everybody, no matter if they are from the region or from anywhere in the world, they are all embracing the gastronomy we are offering right now.
0: It's a good problem to have being fully booked, right?
1: I wish (laughs) I was like this every day of the year.
0: (laughs) On the leisure side, what is your target guest profile?
1: As mentioned before, our target for the leisure will be related with those people willing to visit the architecture side of the valley or for those willing to get lost in nature or connected with nature once more. We have also sports lovers. There's a lot of activities. We have a lot of bikers. This year, the Tour de France will be passing in front of our door on the wow. 9th July. And this is because the landscape is so amazing that you can come, you can rent a bike and go a whole day, every day during one week and not repeat two times the same circuit. We have a lot of dog lovers also. There are people coming to the forest to hike with their dogs. That is Mm -hmm. the pet lovers, I would say. We also have a lot of people coming for the gastronomic experience, but not only because of the restaurants, because here we have distilleries, we have a museum of cheese, and there's lots of alp cabins, we call them, These are farms where the cattle is kept. You can eat the different uh, meats of cow in the area. And then the beef and the cheese and the potatoes, they are grown by, by all these farmers. And there's about, I would say, a dozen or even more restaurants like this, where you have very generous meals with the products from the farm.
0: And which markets are your priorities to develop Andre?
1: Well, as you may imagine, one of our main markets is Asia. We look forward to having the Asian markets being able to travel freely to Switzerland and finding how important it is to breathe again. We were talking about luxury enable enable them to be to get rid of the masks and take advantage of the fresh air in switzerland so i would say that our priorities would be with all the asian markets and we are working particularly with all the magazines in asia so uh, you will see articles on the hotel shortly over there we they have journalists have already come to the hotel in order to share with the asian markets all we have to offer
0: Great to hear. The markets of Asia, especially China, have a grown a huge interest in watchmaking, masterpieces and tourism. How will you incorporate them in your immediate development plans?
1: Well, we were talking about all the watch lovers. So I fully agree. We have a lot of watch lovers in Asia, especially in China. And today they can come here. We, If you are a watch lover, we will supply you with two tickets to visit the Espace Horloger. It is a museum where you will find the story of watchmaking with everything that has helped create the incredible watches all over the world. Because 90% of the patents on how a mechanical watch works come from the Valet de Joux. And this is explained in all languages at the Espace Horloger in the Valet de Joux. And we offer the tickets within the price of the room. So this is the best way we can honor those watch lovers coming from China and showing them all the secrets behind their passion.
0: In a post-COVID world, it seems that the luxury traveler is seeking more space, privacy, as opposed to larger scale hotels. Luxury travelers are looking to reconnect with nature. Hotel de Horloger appears to fit this need perfectly. Have you seen this trend as well? And can you attract those luxury travelers at the hotel?
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we can attract those luxury travelers here. When we chose to be a four-star hotel, a four-star superior, based on the Swiss system of stars, when the inspectors come to the hotel, they check a list of things you need to have in place. They're very demanding. And in order to be a four-star, you need to have 500 points. In order to be a five-star, you need to have 600 points. When Hmm? we finished our audit, we had 665 points, which means-
0: You exceeded the (laughs) five-star.
1: It means everything has been done to exceed guests' expectations while still saying that we are a four star superior hotel what does this mean we didn't want people to think this would be a hotel that was outpriced or a hotel that was not welcoming everybody we can see people coming in in hiking shorts this is what the Valais de valley is all about come as you are you don't need to show a different image than what you normally are, and here you, you will not be chased by photographers. And still you will have a service according to the best hotels in Switzerland.
0: Wow, great initiative again. Hotel de Horloger is part of Audemars Piquet family, yet it does not carry its name. Do you intend to create synergies and leverage the international reputation of the brand to build the hotel own reputation and support your business development to attract guests, Andre?
1: We not only intend, we are working in synergy on a permanent basis with everything that has to do with brand development. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest and recognize that AP has done an amazing job when it comes to building the brand. And most importantly, it's the only watchmaking company in Switzerland. And I don't know if it's in other countries as well, but this why is it important? Because since 1875, you have always had the Audemars family and the Piguet family running the business. And the positioning they have achieved in the past years is helping us only because of the knowledge they have of the different luxurious markets in the world. And they, they're really helping us by introducing us to all the journalists and all the people who help get the message to our target markets.
0: Audemars Biquet has an international presence and recognition. Can we expect to see more de Horloger in unique destinations around the world in the future?
1: That is not the plan. The goal uh-huh. of this hotel, it was to, to help make the know-how from the Valet Jou be known outside the Valet Jou. So I would say that the goal is to help all watchmakers find a place to welcome their guests in the Valet Jou, but not to export the idea to other destinations. As far as I'm concerned, I know we're working on a -a one-of-a-kind hotel.
0: Wow, very precious, André. We're coming to an end of our conversation. Before ending our conversation, I would like to ask you a few more personal questions. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Can you share with us what you like to do when you are not working and want to relax, André?
1: I definitely go hiking in the woods or sailing on the lake. These are my two best activities, and I do it as often as I can.
0: Thank you for sharing. Choose one, Monte Rosa, Mont Blanc, or Aconcagua.
1: Oh, Aconcagua! This is Patagonia. <laughs> that is home.
0: <laughs> Actually, all three might be a bit of home. So that's why I was say, asking you which one, if you can only choose one.
1: You know, that is the kind of answers that shows you where you are from. That's After right. World, If you still say Patagonia is home, and, but you're right. Yeah, the Alps are home as well.
0: Choose one, raclette or fondue.
1: I'm more of a fondue type of guy.
0: <laughs> okay, a word quiz. The principle is simple. I will tell you a word. About your destination, reply with the first word that comes to your mind. You may choose to expand on your answer or not. Argentina. Dream. France. Food. Switzerland. Quality. Watch. Love. Sustainability.
1: Priority. Top priority. Delicacy. Not negotiable. (laughs)
0: Luxury hospitality
1: not about the stars you have on the door
0: it's
1: (laughs) how true your smile is when you greet your guests
0: that's how you started the last one valet de jus
1: hidden treasure
0: i agree andre it was a true pleasure speaking with you today and thank you for being one of our luxury voices
1: thank you joanne i'm more than honored and i look forward to seeing and hearing the next podcast you will share with us
0: thank you andre thank you for listening to this episode of luxury voices if you have enjoyed it and found this episode useful please share it with your network like it rate it and help us spread our voices you can find information about today's voice and the podcast content in the podcast notes Luxury Voices is a podcast curated by Infinite Luxury Group, a luxury sales, marketing, communication specialist based in Asia. Please tune in for the next episode. Bye for now.